We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest on the Kansas Jayhawks from KCSN, which features three shows each week in Border War, hosted by former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins and Mizzou forward Jarrett Sutton. Ain't No Seats with Ryan Reinhardt, Anthony Bax, and Braden Turner, and Booth Review, covering Jayhawks football with Kent Swanson and weekly special guests. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. Stay up to date on all things KU with KCSN. And now, the latest on the Kansas Jayhawks. All right, folks, welcome back. Ain't No Seeds podcast. Before we get going, we got to talk about who we always talk about, our title sponsor, Emprise Bank. An Emprise Bank debit card is good anywhere. You have access to 55,000 fee-free ATMs worldwide through the All Point ATM network. You can get the same kind of access to your money as any bank across the country while getting the value of working with a trusted partner in Emprise. So as always, shout out Emprise Bank. They've been with us since the beginning and uh, we appreciate that. So, all right, boys, it's time to talk some Kansas basketball hoops. And I was thinking this today, you know, we had the episode with Rico Bosco last week and we kind of talked about okay what, what what's going on what's going i just on? loved i love the ku basketball hoops that we're about to talk i can't <laughs> wait for it kansas basketball just, hoops it's just one of those things brayden and i both catch in the moment that ryan doesn't and we know where it's going to go like you're going to ask us about it and everything but no it's, it's hard because we always look right at each other when something like that happens and then we just start laughing we can't control ourselves really Brian hoops, which <laughs> we're off on a tangent everyone bring it in bring it in we got to talk mm-hmm. kansas basketball hoops i will double down <laughs> yes and all right here's what i was gonna say before you prick started laughing in my face <laughs> i can't think of a better way for a team to blow a three-game losing streak to come off a three-game losing streak than going to win at kentucky and then coming back home against Kansas State. And really, you know, you can call that game close. It really wasn't. It was 40 minutes, I would say, of Kansas pretty much not dominating, but very much in control of that game. We go into Kentucky. You can say the same about Kentucky. Control majority of that game, especially the second half. And then, as we just discussed, K-State too. So, coming back, three-game losing streak, getting those two in a row. B-turn, we were on kind of almost panic mode last week with Rico Bosco. Are we back on all-time high? Are we back on uh, 
big time expectations just after a uh, a week here? Yeah, I've never I never really wavered on this team um, just because I know they have the scores. I think they have the personnel to be good defensively. Obviously, getting blown out at Allen had me worried. I didn't even get to watch a second of that game from being an Arrowhead, but um, <clears throat> I always feel okay with Bill. I think we've all we've all come to that conclusion. I think the older we get, we kind of get less worried about regular season stuff. Obviously once the 14th straight ended, I think we all kind of backed off on the big 12 title stuff, which we still want to win the big 12, especially with how good the league is. But yeah, we, um, last night, that atmosphere was crazy at Allen. It felt like one of those games where everyone in the crowd knew we needed to win. And we obviously had to get payback on K state. So atmosphere was great. And yeah, I feel great about this team. Jalen's getting, he was so good in the first half last night, but averaging 20 plus, and he's just been carrying this team. He carried them in Lexington too. So I feel good by any Bill self coach team. And I'm nervous about what you're smiling, laughing at. Honestly, I'm just sitting here getting the giggles thinking about that. I said, Kansas basketball hoops. That's a hilarious, it's a hilarious phrase, but we are off Let's the road. Put out a shirt. <laughs> the Kansas basketball hoops. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's wild how quickly college basketball can shift, you know, like in KU basketball, especially Kentucky fan base, Duke fan base, North Carolina, the highs and lows of cheering for programs like that where three losses is just unheard of. You don't experience that. So when it happens, uh, takes fly. And I felt like for the most pit, for the most, you know, part, the KU fan base handled it as well as we could have. We've certainly handled three game losing streaks a lot worse and even two game losing streaks a lot worse than we did. Um, But that's kind of why it feels so good to not just not get back on the right path by beating I don't know, TCU and TCU, I don't, not TCU, like uh, two shitty teams, right? We, we got back uh-huh. on by beating two kind of rivals, probably our biggest non-con rival, and then Kentucky, K-State, yeah. who's obviously one of our bigger rivals. So I'm feeling good. Um, I guess let's start with Kentucky. Going into that game, I, I think I texted, I can't remember if this is AB or whoever it was, but the whole day I was like, God, man, we're going to lose four straight. We're not going to win. And slowly, it just, I don't know if it's a will you picture it type deal, AB, you know, that game we always play. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't picture Bill Self losing four straight games. I just couldn't see it happening. And I'm not very impressed with Kentucky. I was not very impressed with them in that game. But I was shocked at how well we rebounded against Shibway and that whole thing. So I guess it's it's been a while or it feels like a while. B-turn, how did you feel? about the Kentucky performance. Is that an indication of us being pretty dang good or is Kentucky, do they just kind of stink? I can't quite figure Kentucky out. Yeah. I'm not huge on Kentucky's guard play. Obviously they have Shibway, which I kind of was with you to where I thought would be tough to win in Lexington. They had beat Tennessee recently in Knoxville and they were playing better basketball. So I didn't feel great. And then kind of before the game, I came to that same conclusion where I couldn't see Bill self losing four straight and, I knew Kentucky's guard play wasn't amazing. I thought Bill would come up with a great game plan to slow him down. Oscar still put up numbers. That's what he does. But, yeah, I think that just shows you how great Bill is because KU was super tough and resilient in that game in Lexington. They never folded. Um, They answered every punch. It felt like in Bill, you know, he was on their ass in practice defensively and just from a toughness standpoint, I think TCU kind of punked them. And then Baylor, they took the lead in the second half, but – game they kind of pull away late so I guess I was gonna say with the losing streak too it's not it's not like 
you go to K-State and you lose three guys in overtime, you lose three starters, yeah. a really good team, good atmosphere, and then you lose to a Baylor team who's hot and streaking right now. So, like you said, it's not like they're playing bad teams. They're still playing good teams. But, yeah, at Kentucky, resilient. I thought it was a tough performance, and Jalen just hits – like, I just sit there and laugh watching Jalen. He hits that corner three at one point <clears throat> where Kentucky's going on a run. He hits every big shot imaginable, and – you just feel good when he puts he, when he pulls from anywhere. Even last night, he's four for nine from three, and every miss just feels like it's in and out or right on. We've line. officially reached the like. I feel like we've been waiting for Jalen to become this type of shooter for like three years now. Like that was the whole that was the thing with him out of high school. I felt like he's a shooter. Um, that was what I remember <laughs> him as. Watching highlight tapes, I was like, oh, I can't wait for this guy to come in and just be a knockdown shooter. And I was so wrong because that's not the style of play he is, but he was definitely known for being an elite shooter and he just hasn't figured it out, but it felt like it was coming. And he's been, like you said, lights out like four of nine last night, but really timely ones. He seems to hit them when momentum's like, it's almost like he hits them more when we're kind of grooving and the the game's going our way. He had Allen Fieldhouse going bananas last night. So Jalen's hitting a stride that we all hoped to see. And I just hope he can keep it uh, at this level. Now, the thing we talked about during the losing streak was Dewan was probably playing the worst ball of his career. Um, and Kevin McCuller, which Kevin McCuller, I just want to say this. He's hilarious because you can sit and watch a game and want to break things because Kevin McCuller launches a shot. He bricks it. Kevin McCuller maybe turns the ball. I don't know. He does a lot of frustrating things. Then you sit down and you read the score or the box score, and he's got like 16 and 13. Like last night, he was 16 and 13. He was two of 10 from the field. Like <laughs> he cracks me uh. up because he puts up numbers and he plays so hard and he's so good defensively and he's hard. I don't know. AB, how would you describe Kevin McCuller? Is he, is it easier to say he's hard to like love or is he hard to hate? Like I can't figure out how to explain Kevin McCuller, but he cracks me up because he can be so frustrating, but also be playing so good at the same time. It's kind of tough. Cause we, I don't like, like when I think of guys like Marcus Garrett or Dewan to an extent, like it's, that's what I'm watching them do. That's what I expect out of them is to play good defense and lockdown. McCuller does that, but that's not what I thought he was coming in. Like I thought he was like, especially the way the year started, I thought he was going to be a legit second or third option all year long. And I think, yeah a lot of people have that same mindset too. And it's like a thing where he could be playing a perfect game defensively, but our fans and myself included are going to get very annoyed with him on offense when he's airballing a three off the backside of the backboard or <laughs> taking this insane layup with four dudes around him when Grady and Jalen are both wide open in the corner in the wing. Like, but like he's the kind of guy that bill just doesn't seem like he's going to take out ever. So we kind of just have to get used to it and hope that he gets hot at the right time offensively and doesn't, or at least not do things that are going to kill you. Like there yeah, were games in the losing streak where it was like, what are you doing, dude? Like just <laughs> calm down a little bit. Like, and it, it compounds with him. Like one yes. mistake, I feel like sometimes turns into two, but the thing about McCuller, that's almost a blessing and a curse is he's a classic next play guy. Like, he doesn't mm -hmm. let the play before get in his head, and that's helped him. He's made a ton of huge plays this year. But, my God, when he clanks one off the side of the backboard and then comes down the next possession and launches another one, you're like, what? Did he forget what just happened? But, like I said, 
the guy plays so hard. He played great the last two games. So does um, any does anyone in the history of basketball hoops like shooting 17, 18 footers more than Kevin McCuller? No. DeMar DeRozan. He, yeah. And that's that's kind of what I said, I think, a week or so ago, though, is how good our wings and guards have been rebounding it. Kevin McCuller, 16 and 13 last night, and then he had 11 and 12 on Saturday at Kentucky, but he's 6 of 20 combined in those two games. So 30%. Um, he's obviously really good defensively and can rebound. I think that's all we've – I feel like, like Rye, I know, I feel like you uh, had this stance before the season that McCuller's just never really been a scorer. He's never been this electric shooter. So all we really wanted from him is to guard and be active, hustle plays, get rebounds. So as long as he's doing that, I'm happy because I, I rely on Jay Will, which, God, I was thinking that last night. It feels like that's the only scorer right now that we can actually rely on. Grady Dick obviously can shoot it. We've seen him light it up but there's one guy we really can count on every single night and it's kind of scary but they're still one of the best teams in the country it it feels like which i think we all know this this team can't go deep without grady dick becoming that guy which it's i guess kind of a good sign that we won our last two with grady pretty much not doing much but i feel like every good ku freshman's had this stretch i remember xavier henry had a stretch in conference play where he stunk and he was fine. You know, he he was solid in late in that year. And so I don't know. I I am a little worried. I don't know if Grady is struggling because just a little slump, maybe getting a little tired, or have teams kind of dialed in more on him that that's affecting. But that is for sure terrifying thought to think if Jalen Wilson has an off game in a second round game against uh, whether Anybody? that's an eight seed or a ten seed, like. Who is going to save us when we're down 54-50 with six minutes to play to a 10 seed and everyone's getting tight and Jalen Wilson can't buy a bucket or maybe they just have him well defended? Like, it's got to be Grady. And unfortunately, Grady just hasn't stepped into that role as well as I think we would have hoped for. But still a lot of time left on the season. And is hey, it Dewan Harris can get 18 a game like he did last night. He won't. But if he can come anywhere close to that, That'll help. Did he just score like five points in three games? Yeah. Four, four games. At least two, two for 18 in a four game stretch with five points. Hey, is it just, always finds this level. Is it just me or does Grady kind of stink around the rim? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I've been more not, con I'm not concerned about his shooting at all, but like I'm shocked that every time he misses and he's missed a lot from behind the arc here lately. Like he's going to have a game soon where he goes like, six of eight from three and just goes bonkers like he has to but ab a we talked about this before the pod um about how k-state really ku was in control the whole night like there was never really a doubt that k-state was going to come back but it felt like there was a little stretch there in the second half where k-state was getting a lot of transition layups they were missing a lot of layups their big man airballed a uh one footer which was Literally. outrageous but no backboard nothing. it felt like they were going on a little stretch to where they could make it a little interesting, and KU had a timeout. We come out, Dewan hits a three from the corner, and Bill talked about it after the game. It was such a big shot, but Dewan went from having kind of a tough night, especially around the rim. He was aggressive, which was crazy. He shot, I think he shot six threes, but yeah. he went, he had five points, and I was sitting there thinking he was struggling. Then you look up, he has 18. So Dewan was really damn good I was down the stretch. When I saw he had 18, <laughs> it was quiet. But 
Yeah, I mean, Dewan, <laughs> I thought you were going to finish the thought. I don't even that. know. I, I lost uh, it. Dewan, yeah, I mean, I, I, we all knew Dewan was struggling and we knew he wasn't going to keep playing like that. But last night, obviously, we're not getting 18 a game from Dewan. We're not even going to get 10, 11, 12 a game from Dewan. But Bill has been saying it all year. If Dewan can go out and just actually look to score – that helps us so in so many ways without him even having to put up a bunch of shots. If you just if the defense has to think about Dewan trying to score, that's going to help Grady Dick. That's going to help Jalen Wilson. That's going to help KJ Adams. Who, AB, you're the biggest KJ Adam guys out there. Mm-hmm. My, did any of us have a little bit of a fear that? during the three game losing streak that maybe KJ's early season success was like fluky. I don't, I don't want to say fluky, but like it almost seemed a little too good to be true, but I think he's proven since then after he had kind of a rough patch that he's pretty for real. Like I'm still blown away at how good KJ Adams is. It is wild thinking about last year. We were laughing that he was on the court on the final play of the season. Like in the video, Alan's like, why is KJ in? It's just yeah, funny to me yeah. to think back at like that, and he was right. Like, but that KJ Adams is the guy that's like been consistently a top two or three player, like yeah. all year. And even I said he would start. I had no expectation that he was going to play as well as he has this year. Um, yeah. But to answer your question, maybe a little bit. I don't like to admit that because I love him so much. But like, come on. I mean, we were all it thinking was crazy that, what it, he was. Doing. Yeah, because he was. Well, he wasn't even just playing good. He was. Yeah, it's like he couldn't sustain it. I feel time. like. Right, which he is was fine. We don't need him to sustain but... that level. But the fact, like, even last night, I think he what he had be turned like eight, eight and, and three. Yeah, I mean, we which, need him to get more than three boards. But I thought about that's what the whole time. The whole time in the second half in Lexington, I was just thinking, like, when KJ Adams is going and he's this good, like, we are so damn good. And obviously it makes sense because he's our third, fourth, or maybe f- he's probably the fourth option, I would say, behind McCull or J. Will Grady. So it makes sense when he has a good night. We're obviously going to play well. But did some of the dunks last night he had got the building going? Like spin. A, yeah, mm. the spin move. Yeah, mm. the, I think he had a nice little dish off from Dewan and dunked on someone. But, yeah, when he's going and he's playing with energy, and I love the emotion he plays with. But, yeah, KJ, he's had some – Big night. I mean, we talked about it. He had how many straight and double figures? Ten straight or something? It was crazy. Something stupid, and then I yeah. bet on him to what? I think I bet on him under ten and a half. And he scored like twenty three points that night. Yeah, he had he had ten by the first Iowa TV State. timeout. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, it's it. We're certainly not in a spot where it's like we have. We don't need KJ to be elite, but we do need KJ to be good because uh, I don't know. This is a decent transition. How about our boy Ernest Uday? Went from Loved what absolutely I saw. buried on the bench. And last night he was a little bit of like classic freshman big man that just he's playing so hard. He was playing so hard. He was trying so hard, but just kind of flailing around, right? Legs are flying, arms are flying. There's not much, you know, reason for what he's doing, but he was making, <laughs> he was getting a ball. Uh getting his hand on the ball, getting rebounds, had a tip in earlier, offensive rebound early. So I'm not ready to be like, oh, Ernest Uday can be a true – I don't even know what to say, like a true impact player off the bench. But can Ernest Uday get minutes in March for this team? Or is it – I mean, Clements put good minutes. I don't know. It's interesting. Clements played kinda, more than he did. I feel, like, 
I feel like we're back to where we were in like November, where mm-hmm. we're still trying to figure out who the best backup big is. But it's been promising the last few weeks, I think. Yeah, and it I don't know about you guys, but it looks to me that the game's slowing down a little bit more for Ernest. I know he's not playing a ton of minutes, but he looks a lot more comfortable. Last night he played 10 minutes. He had six rebounds in 10 minutes, which is elite. Um, yeah, Clements hit a three, had the tongue out, but Ernest played a good amount of minutes in Lexington, and it kind of makes you wonder. Obviously, Zuby got hurt, but I guess a performance like that from Uday and Clements, does that just kind of bury Zuby for the rest of the year, even though he didn't do anything to deserve that? It's just two guys might have stepped up last night, and he could just be the odd man out for the rest of the year. Yeah, it, it's tough. And I don't know. Who do you guys lean towards? If, if I had to say, okay, we get one big that's going to play – 10 minutes a game in March or even late February in a big conference game. Do you want it to be Clements or do you want it to be Uday? No. Cause I go back. I kind of like the experience. How much experience do you have? I mean, it's not, like he's a, it's not like he's a fifth year. It's not like Mitch Lightfoot last year. February bench, Clements like... would have been practicing for two years. I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I get where you're coming from, but like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being biased against Clements. Like I still think he can be something, but he just, I'm just imagining a game late in February or semis of the Big 12 tournament, and Clements is trying to like D up in the post, and he's just like nothing against him. He's just small. Like I don't, he can hold his own for a little bit, but I don't want to see him playing 15, 20 minutes if KJ gets in foul trouble. Even though it worked last night, last mm-hmm. night's game is just weird. We'll get more into that later, but yeah, I I just <laughs> I want a bigger body in there just to just on the concept of basketball like I just that's kind of how I view it I like having a true big at times and to me Clements is more better like a swing four like what Jalen plays that's probably the only argument you can make over Ernest is that he he can stretch the floor from a physicality standpoint athleticism standpoint you obviously want Ernest and he's a five-star big-time recruit so it felt like one of those guys that we needed to be solid this year because we knew we didn't really have a big off the bench but I feel like if Ernie or Clements started playing well, I don't know. I love calling him Ernie. Ernie, Ernie Uday. Ernest is such an elite name. It's so. Um, but if one of those two, and then I feel really, I feel really solid about Joe and Bobby right now. I think those two are playing really well. They're playing smart basketball. Bobby was pretty electric last night, getting to the rim. He got banged up there for a little bit. I think he hurt his hammy or something for a second, but. Joe comes in, randomly hits shots, or he'll randomly just brick him. I don't – it's either a doink or I love him. I love Joe. Talk about he's, confidence like we were talking about with McCuller. Joe's got that same dog in him. He'll keep going. He's going down swinging for That's sure. I think he's, those that, that rotation of seven or eight right there I feel pretty solid about right now because, I mean, you can't trust Ernest or Clements right now a ton at all. I'm not saying that, yeah. but I think if Ernest comes in and does what he did last night, 10 minutes, one for one from the floor – make the free throw, um, get six rebounds in 10 minutes, you'll take that every night. Yeah, and I just remembered the lobs that Ernest caught against Kentucky, and I'm, I've am i changed my mind. I'm Ernest over Clements. I've quickly been convinced. But <laughs> what about the experience? <laughs> yeah, let's take a quick break. Lobs over experience all day. Take a quick break. We'll be back. We'll, uh, we got to talk, make jokes about K-State. We got, we got to get to what we do best, boys. Let's go. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, we are back. Uh, So... We recap. I mean, KU, K State, AB. I think you said it best. I don't even remember if you said it while we were recording, but nope. The game just wasn't very fun. Like the first half was fun, but the flow of the game in the second half, you couldn't get anything going. It's whistle after whistle after whistle, which led to free throw after free throw. It it was not fun. Like I got home last night and was like, I don't remember a thing about the <laughs> second half. Couldn't tell you fun plays. Couldn't tell you. I mean, the Dewan three was kind of the moment that sticks out to me late in that game. But so the game kind of sucked. But the thing about KUK State rivalry that makes it so funny and just a good rivalry, it's not the stuff on the court. It's always off the court stuff. And it's whether that's a ref meltdown with the speed travel where people lose their minds or, <laughs> he didn't or a, uh, a band, you know, whatever that whole issue was with the K-State band or Bill Self mm-hmm. saying Brandon Green had a dick move. Like, <laughs> the rivalry is stupid. It's silly. There's always funny about things. That. And to me, we got to talk about because we've, we've talked about Jerome Tang, and it's really hard to slander Jerome Tang. The guy seems mm-hmm. like a great individual, great person. But last night, he said something that was a little crazy, a little Bruce Weber-ish. He said... Hey, you know, prior to 1988, and I'm not, I don't know this exact quote, but I, you know, this was in some way said, said prior to 1988, K-State had more conference titles and more final fours than the University of Kansas, which that would be a, a decent quote. <laughs> if it was true at all, 
it's simply not incorrect. It's just simply not, Jim. You can't not. say stuff like that. I feel like when you don't know for sure, like you got to at least do your research. Close. He wasn't close. Do you have Adam Sullivan's tweet pulled up? Uh, I can pull it real quick, but I mean, it, it, it was something along the lines of like before 1988, it was I think 38 to 17 KU in conference titles, and I can't remember the final four numbers, but KU had a pretty significant lead. Yeah, it, God, where'd you send that? That uh, I thought I sent it too, and I just tried to find it, and I can't anywhere. Oh, it was. Oh, in, here it in, is. It was in our group text. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, it says Tang and Presser prior, or here's what he said. Prior to 1988, K-State had more Final Fours in conference title than KU. Here's the actual numbers. Prior to 1988, Final Fours, KU 7, KSU 4. So we've almost doubled them up. Um, <laughs> conference titles, KU 38, K-State 17. So we have doubled them up in conference titles. So that's what's so funny about this quote is it's not like he was off by a, a, ga- a number. I it, told like, him that. It's so funny. Uh, and it's insane. I think a KU it, fan probably got his number and trolled him or something. That, that's what the ref told him when he got his T is that they were pretty even and pretty equal in 88. My thing is, like, think about this. Think about it this way. The difference in conference titles. They Okay, imagine, Ryan, you have a kid and it's born in October of this year. Okay. Their first year of watching basketball is the 2003 or 2023, 2024 Kansas Jayhawks. K state would have to win every conference title in a row until your son or daughter could legally drink at a bar to catch up to KU before 1988. That's how distant, that's how distant this is. This isn't close. It's I know 38 and 17 doesn't seem crazy. And Mahomes would come back from that in one second. Andrew Luck did come back from that in one second. But my point is we just have to like go off on him about this. Cause like you said, he's a good guy. He's not going to give us a whole lot of ammo to go with. And when he does, we have to attack because that's just what this rivalry is. And that's kind of the personalities that we've built. But I just wanted to get that point out. Cause it's wild that a legal drinking adult, is the same age as the gap between conference titles. I love that hypothetical that we had to like create me having a child. Like, <laughs> shout out to my future child. Um, I was so ready to see where you were going with that. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah and that's right. the thing too. 1988 was 35 years ago. So, congrats for <laughs> almost being as good as KU 60 years ago, Jerome. That's great. Because whenever, whenever be... KU fans bring up history, it's the end of the world. It is literally yeah. the end of the world because, oh, who cares about what happened in 1958? Imagine man. if Leipold, after our loss, was like, hey, well, you know what? We lead the all-time <laughs> series in football. Yeah, before that. Bill Snyder he came would... in, we yeah, we <laughs> dominated this yeah. team. Before the last 30 years, we were better. Like, hang the bat. I, I don't can't know. imagine just... him saying that. I really can't. No, and we would be mad at it. And mm-hmm. I don't know why, and I'm sure we're missing, maybe missing context. I don't know why Tang – went that route and this this must be like a talking point with k-state fans because i have had a buddy that not in like a controversial way he almost says it in kind of a frustrating way it's like yeah it just really sucks in 1988 that was kind of that's where you split off where ku becomes just powerhouse elite and k-state becomes k-state and he's brought this point to me too like 1988 they were pretty similar programs and you guys won an 88 in the Elite Eight, took off, we lost, and never things never been the same. But, like, it's just a weird – again, <laughs> these numbers indicate they really weren't that close programs. Mm-hmm. Like, KU was still a lot better at that point. So, I don't know. 
I it's it's hard to slander Tang, but anytime we anytime we can, we got to jump Plus, at it. So I also just and I'm not an all time series guy at this point in my life, but just to reference it really quick, it was like two oh four to ninety one. Like that's just something that's never been close ever. Maybe a couple <laughs> stretches, you know, here and there where K State gets three out of four, sure. But like, yeah. let's be serious here. Like that didn't just happen in the last twenty years. It helped, <laughs> but. I want to, yeah, I want to go back to the second half though, where Ryan talked about the fouls, um, how there was no flow. I think both teams were in the bonus with 13, 14 13 minutes, minutes left. left. So yeah, it really, the second half was not fun to watch at all. Like you said, I don't remember much of it besides a foul fest, and that's what happened in Manhattan too. So I think <clears throat> I didn't see Ryan back to Allen Fieldhouse. The service in there was terrific. I couldn't send a text. You so, so didn't see many tweets during the game. AB, I'm sure you did. I'm not sure what people said about the refs from both fan bases, but I'm assuming K-State fans weren't too happy about the refs, uh, I, especially early on. To be honest with you, Braden, I, I wish <laughs> I could have gotten more invested in it. But I didn't have the energy in me after this past weekend on Sunday with you know Chiefs-Bengals. Like I was just drained emotionally from rivalry stuff. So I kind of tried to stay off Twitter other than what I was tweeting personally. Um, I, I, will, I, I will. Other than that. like during the game, like it seems like stuff has come out after that they're very upset about the refs and history of basketball and Travis Kelsey. So that seems like yeah, they're probably pretty bent out of shape about things. That's a funny. That's a funny conversation as well on the refs topic. Before we get to Travis Kelsey, <laughs> I will say this: like a lot of guys that you know, the the main characters from K State Twitter, as I would call it, not going to say names. <laughs> they really didn't talk a ton about refs, right? Like not anywhere close to where they normally are. They brought it up a little bit. They always hint at it like that's, mm -hmm. but I think they also were fair in pointing out that K-State had a lot of bad turnovers and K-State had a lot of just really, they K-State didn't play very well, but it, it does blow my mind how somehow in a game that was so obviously poorly officiated on both sides that a storyline can still come down to. I mean, like we said, we led by double digits the entire second half and somehow referees become an excuse by a lot of them. And like I said, a lot of the guys I follow, they were more fair than they normally are in that topic. Uh, my favorite tweet was a guy that said, yeah, fouls were even free throws were even, or I, I think did did they shoot more free throws than us? I can't even remember. It was, it was but, 36, 35. K-State. Yeah. Uh, well, he said, but momentum shifting game calls were way in KU's favor, which is a hilarious just made up stat. That's like, okay, everything was even, but I've created this new stat. Momentum shifting calls. What was the, what were the numbers there? We had three, they had zero. Yeah. Is there like a stat cast for that on ESPN plus? Yeah. Momentum I mean, shifting there were some calls. bad calls. Obviously we're, we're, we're saying the refs were bad, but it was not because they were favoring one side. They were just – they lost control of the game. But if we're talking calls that went against KU, just one that I thought was hilarious was Noel missed a layup. We started our fast break, and the ref blew the whistle, called the foul. Like a classic, uh, oh, he missed. I'm going to call so the foul late. now. Yeah, so – How about the foul I on mean, Clements where Jalen finished uh, with a little finger roll, and they called like a – like Clements just turned around, and it was like a seal almost. Yeah, Jay Will was already like five feet by him, but 
Yeah, I don't. K State just kind of they missed a ton of layups last night. And they really, like we said, they never really had a chance. Um, we scored forty nine points in the first half, fifty percent from threes. Zach Clements is nailing threes. Jalen's nailing threes. Yeah, everyone are. was. I think. I think McCuller hit one early, so they just never really had a chance. And I thought, I don't know how you guys felt, but I thought we could have been up 15 20 at half. Yes. Yeah. K State so, had some crazy shots, too, if I'm remembering right. Dude, Noel. Like threes fall. Yeah, some, they're yeah. He was sick. Yeah. Your boy, and, Desi Sills, AB. Like I told not you. Not quite. Not quite the same like guy I we said. saw Manhattan. Can I read a text from a K State fan? <laughs> yes, please. Like a very reasonable, level headed K State fan. Last night during the game, he said, our fans tonight are very annoying. I mean, they go into the game with the mindset that we're going to get screwed over, and after one call, everyone loses their mind. And that goes back to a point we brought up on this show many times. Teams like K-State and Baylor with Scott Drew a lot of the time, and Iowa State, West Va with hugs, like they come into the game expecting the refs to be so bad that they're hyper-focused on that and that alone. They lost the game 20 minutes before it tipped off. They lost the game before their flight got into town because they're so focused on what the three referees are going to call all night and what they're not going to call all night that they can't focus and play the Dude. damn game like it's like, like at this point, and I'm looking at everyone, including KU fans, college refs are just bad. Referees yeah. in general yeah. are just bad at their like, and it's a hard job. I don't want to like act like they're horrible people because they're not, but like we just all have to go into like sporting events. And I know it's frustrating because you can see slow-mo replays and get super pissed and watch them for years. Like I've done with Chris Jones on Tom Brady, but like they're just going to be 10 to 15 missed calls every game, whether it's at Allen field, Allen field house or Oaken field house in Shawnee. Like it's just going to happen. <laughs> I've, I've always said this about West Virginia. They have blown leads in Allen field house because they will be up like eight and one call will go against them. And Huggins loses his mind and you can see that team you hear the crowd and they're like "Uh uh-oh now the calls are going to go against us the crowds in the game and k-state's been that way too for like what feels like a decade where it's like yeah that first call that goes against them in the first half sets them off now it did start like what seven to two and i thought tang got a really i thought that was a really good smart technical to get because we were getting the calls and uh, it quickly evened up. But that's how most of the time it goes. Bill Self would have got a technical in that in that same spot. So, I don't know. It's just – we're talking about it, so maybe we're hypocrites, but I am just so tired of this rivalry being so – just revolving around referees. Like, that's what it's felt like it's been, especially the game in Allen Fieldhouse, for so long. I wanted to throw this one to you guys. It's been since what, 05 since we lost in Allen Fieldhouse to K State? 06, my bad. Yeah. Will Bill Self ever lose another home game to K State? No. You say no? Like, well, because I was, sit- yeah. I was sitting there at the game thinking, like, it's going to, we're due to lose one, especially if Tang gets it going. And it's going to suck. Like, that first That's home so loss to K State that we haven't experienced as adults, we experienced as a kid. But it was like an ultra young KU team. I don't know. It was a weird loss. Like that's something I really can't even picture happening. And Bill's probably got, well, let's say, ten years left. I mean, you just got to think about it. They they go years without losing at Allen, and this is probably the game they take <clears throat> maybe the most personal. I know there's probably there's been better teams, obviously, but I think they take this game so personally. Bill obviously never wants to lose with them. They never lose, period, at Allen. So 
it just almost feels impossible. But I guess Tane could stay for a while, and he's already has he already has them as a top ten team. So, but how much longer does Bill have? Also, does he go five more years? I could obviously he could win five in a row to end it. Should we do another 30-minute hypothetical on future Kansas coaches? I love that game. Just kidding. We won't do that to you guys again. Mm -hmm. Tony Um, Bennett. So, as we covered, bounce back. What? Braden said Tony Bennett, and you said yeah to move on to the next subject, but I'm taking it uh, as yeah. You want Tony Bennett to coach the Hawks? (laughs) No. Uh, (laughs) What I want to talk about is You want to talk about it after break? I guess, yeah, let's do one last break and I want to talk Big 12 hoops. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Entertain, educate, inform, KC Sports Network. All right, so we obviously bounced back. We went at Kentucky. We beat K-State. Everything feels like it's right, you know, going how we want this to go. In the grand scheme of things, this team has four losses, one of which was to number two Tennessee, one of which was on the road to a top 10 team on the road at Baylor. And then you have the bad one, TCU, which is still a really good team. So all in all, this team is still in a great spot in position to get a one seed. To me, I feel like this next one, two, three, four, five game stretch could kind of determine, which I guess there's not many games left. So obviously a five game stretch has a big impact, but I have a feeling, boys, that we're going to go in and win the names. I feel really good about it. I think Texas Tech maybe broke them. You can't blow a 23-point lead to Texas Tech. That's crazy. Um, I have a good feeling about us going in and winning names. Then we get Texas at home, which Texas is a tough matchup for us. We've lost them at Allen Fieldhouse, what, two years ago. Took them to, mm-hmm. They took us to OT last Are they year. they at the top of the Big 12 right now? Alone? Yep, solo. I mean, so – to me, but I feel good about us going two and zero over our next two. If we go two and zero over our next two, then we go to Oklahoma, who just shit pumped Alabama at, at OU. So you never know. Then you go to Oklahoma State, always a tough game, but still games we should win. And then we get Baylor at home, and we're not losing at home to Baylor. So, like to me, I think this team has a really good shot at going four and one in that stretch, potentially five and zero, oh, three and two. I'm pretty disappointed in, but like. I don't know. I feel like so that takes us to February 18th. Do you think there's a chance that following February 18th, we're like firmly back in number one seed category and like the clear favorites to win the conference? Or do you think we are just about to be in a slugfest where we go three and two over our next five and now we're tied at the top with five losses with somebody like I want us to go get hot and kind of become the favorites in the conference again? Yeah, and I, I've talked myself into winning in Ames also this Saturday. I think they're a little banged up. They don't really scare me from a scoring standpoint. I don't think they, they don't have too many scores. Kalsher can score at grill, can get hot and shoot it. Using a, a Anthony Bax's 11 a.m. theory, maybe their fans are going to be out mm-hmm. Friday night getting shit pumped half, at the bars. First half under. First half under. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe their fans won't be as – electric i don't know they obviously always bring it that's a tough atmosphere always one of the toughest places to play but i've talked myself into winning that i on the other hand monday night i think is going to be very tough and i think it's going to be a very tough matchup for us but obviously we can win we can win any game and i just think that i'm almost more nervous for that game 
Yeah, I was going to ask, do you like our chances at Iowa State? I will always take Allen Fieldhouse, um, but Texas, they're so freaking athletic, and I don't know. They, I'm just not as scared of Texas without Chris Beard, which doesn't – they've been fine without him. Um, the if big they... one is, though, is Texas going into Bramley? I mean, it feels like – I will say this. It feels like Texas is winning either at K-State or at KU. They're winning one of those games. I don't it's going to be at K-State. AB, do you want to share your take? Have you said this publicly on the pod? I don't know, but I'm happy to share it, Ryan. Because right <laughs> now it's, it's holding it. form. Let me let me get yeah, to their pin palm page really quick. It really is. God damn, I keep missing in between. I hit Baylor and KU and K State right in the middle. I did it like four times in a row. All right, so uh, I think it was. I can't remember what, after they beat Tech. I guess at some point I said K State wouldn't win another conference game until March. I was halfway kidding. I tried to get 50 to 1 odds from James. He wouldn't respond. <laughs> it's crazy he didn't take that bet. I know. It's like a free 10 bucks, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> what? So just to reiterate, folks, AB has a take from a week ago that said K-State would not win another conference game until March. They're 0-2 since he said it. And yeah. read what they, they have got- coming up. So they just had Iowa State and KU. This is conference, so they're Florida win. Good job. Awesome. Probably emotional for Keontae. I don't care. Um, lost Iowa State, lost to KU. <laughs> Not that I don't care about Keontae. I don't I care know, about, yeah, about yeah, that game. Uh, they get Texas at home. Texas already beat them in a close back-and-forth high-scoring game. Uh, then they get TCU at home. Maybe they're looking for revenge, but if TCU just plays like they do sometimes, no one beats them. So that's two. Then they got to go to Tech, which is just a tough place to play, even though their record stinks. I think Tech's going to get their mojo back a little bit. Yeah, like they're Tech. Tech isn't the kind of team at this point. The last five or six years, they're not the kind of program to go three and thirteen or three and fifteen or whatever it would be in the Big Twelve. Like they're going to get some wins. Um, Then they go to OU, which smoked Bama. Okay. (laughs) Then they get Iowa State at home, Baylor at home, and at Oklahoma State. So they get all the I'll good teams honest, at home, all the home games. I know I sound yeah. like Mike Francesa going through their – whatever. But, like, it's – all their home games are against, like, <laughs> top 15 ranked teams, and all their road games are against bubble teams or programs that have had success in the last handful of years and are just better than their record. That is interesting. Shows. I can just They've picture A.B. Yeah. on his couch, K-State playing their last conference game of February, and he's <laughs> just all in. You know who it's against, yeah. boys? Mike Boynton. <laughs> Oh. Mike Boynton. If Mike Boynton, Boynton closes this one out for me, I don't. I you guys haven't seen that side of me yet. I I love the man, and if he does that for me, boy oh boy, yeah. I guess I'll be honest. As you were reading that schedule, I thought it was going to sound a lot harder than that. K State's going to win one of those basketball games, maybe three of them. You should have taken the fifty to one. I should have because I mean, but you're right. I like your theory. Their home games are really hard because they're against really good teams. In the road game, all road games in conference play are tough. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've tried to be as negative as possible about K State. I've tried to pretend they're a fluke. I've tried to pretend they will go through a really rough stretch, which maybe they do. They may lose three straight with or three of four with this Texas game Saturday. But I get, I did see DraftKings has them at plus nine hundred to win the conference. Which don't touch it. I'm not touching it. That's that's my point. I think DraftKings and and odds makers would say they're kind of in the same boat as you, where they think K State's probably going to maybe mm-hmm. get torched over the next few weeks. But can I can I, I tell you it's guys something on here? 
I'm trying to figure yeah. it. K-State is 25th in Ken Palm, which ranks 6th in the Big 12. Or no, 7th in the Big 12, yeah. Only teams lower than them are Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech. The only teams lower than them. So Ken Palm views them as a team that will be playing on Wednesday night at T-Mobile Center in the 7 versus 10 game against Texas Tech. I'm not saying K-State's bad. I think they're he's underrating them a little bit, and they win in different ways that it's just like eye test shows me more than analytics. But like, I also don't think that they're top five good like they were ranked last week and that there's going to steamroll and go 14-4 and four in this conference, get a one yeah. seed in Kansas City, and then get a one seed in the NCAA tournament, which would go along with that record. That's kind of my point. I don't want to sound like a hater. I still yeah. think they're dangerous in March as a four or five seed, but – I just don't know if they're like a true national title top five kind of team like they were rated as. Yeah. They're definitely I hate not. that we're talking about K-State like this. I know. I was just no, I mean, in this. They got two elite scores. I think Noel yeah, and exactly. Keontae, Keontae, Keontae Johnson is so good, dude. He was willing them last night, really. I mean, mm-hmm. anytime they needed a must-make bucket, I don't know what that was because we were up double digits, but he would just power his way down low on anyone who ever get a bucket, get to the line. Yeah, dude, so I, I tweeted out the shit pump um, alert, and he went and had hit a three and then I think forced a turnover and an and one on the other end. He had six points in about ten seconds. And then Tom, I think Tomlin could be really good. He was nailing threes. Um, he's been – I was talking to KJ earlier. He's been playing basketball for like three years, like yeah, since he was a junior great. in high school. So he could be really good. And Tang just – they're like – they are they play very smart. I know they made a couple mistakes around the rim last night, but they're like a good free throw shooting team. Um, they don't really hurt themselves much. So I'm pretty impressed by Tang, even yeah. though he – Yeah, uh, we – we to... overanalyzed AB's oh. take. It's still a very funny take that they might not win. I mean, if if you hit that, that's the funniest prediction you've ever made. But yeah. um, to, follow. to get serious, though, are we still on board with uh, five losses winning the conference? Is yeah. it getting to six? Is it like does five get us a tie? Because it feels crazy to think this team only loses two more games. I will say that. Like that Cause... is hard to think about when you look at this conference. Just think about it. Texas is at the top by themselves seven and two. At the end of Monday night, they could easily be seven and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They play both yeah. Kansas schools Saturday, Monday. So they could be at or KU could lose Saturday and they're yeah, at six and four. I don't like I think this... dude, I think twelve and six could eat, share it for sure. Maybe Outright, well, I don't think twelve and six will outright. I do think thirteen and five could flirt with. Because, like, I would guess t- everyone. There's four teams at six and three. If I had to guess, I think best case Texas is going to be at what eight and dude Texas eight and three is... at the end of Monday night. Yeah, probably. Split, yeah. I would. Say I bet most there'll be dogs in both games. Three. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe they'll be favored in Manhattan, but find that for you right three, now. And then they have to play, dude. Their else? schedule they have is to play brutal. at Baylor. I think everyone's they schedule's st- brutal. Yeah, but like Texas still has to go to K State, to KU. KU comes to town. They got to go to Baylor. They got to go to TCU. Like <sighs> dude, we've at least real. already run, knocked off. Right, but like run down ours. Like we, I think we <laughs> I overvalued Lubbock and Morgantown a little bit because of history and how big those wins normally are. For sure. But like, for sure. we still got to go to Texas, to uh, TCU, to Hilton, both Oklahoma yeah. schools, which seemed always, at least Oklahoma State always gives us trouble. Like, it's just, we've said it all year. There's not one game you look at except for maybe Texas Tech at home, 
that you're going into it knowing that you're probably going to win pretty controllably. I guess last so night we probably Texas all had that feeling. Two but... conference lot. They lost to K State, and then what am I missing? Oh, they lost to Iowa State, and yeah, so yeah. Yeah, Texas, I feel like we all kind of, like, I, I will admit, I wrote them off when Beard got fired. Like, I just felt like, okay, they're not winning the league with an interim coach, but they are still extremely talented, and like B-Turn said, a nightmare matchup for us and a matchup that has given us problems for what feels like three straight years now. They're just so, always so athletic and long, and I'm never looking forward to playing Texas, so... I don't know. I guess that brings me to my next question. Like if we're going to, and we should probably wrap this up soon, but like if we're going to lose two more games in conference play to go to 13 and five, which I think is all of our goal. What's the route to that? Like who, who can we afford to lose to at Texas? I think and... we lose at Texas and at, te- at TCU, I would guess. I mean, you can't say we're going to – I guess we're going to – we're obviously going to play better, but a team that beat you by 23 at home, I don't know the um, – I don't know where Mike Miles is injury-wise. I know he had to sit out Lampton's Tuesday night too, he? or last night. Yeah, but I think Miles will be fine. Is yeah, that game's it, still it, I will say this about the TCU game. It feels like classic Bill Self-Revenge. Yeah. Like, yeah. it feels like Not just a vintage too. road game where we go in and, like, Jalen or somebody had – like. Devontae at Texas Tech in 2018 or like they won at Allen Fieldhouse early in that year didn't they so we just feel like we always get last laugh in a lot of these moments which Texas swept us a few years ago so not always but also do we if you guys had to predict do we win both games at the Oklahoma schools no that's what I'm saying like I don't I don't see a scenario I don't see a scenario we go better than 12 and 6 and that's not a bad thing it's not like a shot but Jesus like you mentioned the five game stretch. I like I think three and two would be somewhat successful. Like Ames at Ames is maybe the second most difficult I've game got, we're gonna I, get this year. I've gotten way too confident with at Ames. It just feels like a week. That's the thing. To, I feel good about so it. So twelve and yeah, twelve and six, we finish with seven losses, maybe win the big twelve tournament and share the big 12 do we get a one that's a one seed 12 and six with one non-con loss tennessee and winning the big 12 tournament we'd get a one seed right now i don't know if it'd be in kansas city and then we could have the conversation i'd rather have the two in the midwest but i don't know how that all works but i would think purdue and houston would probably have the leg up on us to get kansas city in that case but i don't know that's a long way there's a lot of basketball left but i don't i don't know i don't i just don't really go into any game other than a handful I can't believe it's already February, boys. I had that feeling last this, night. We're like over two thirds of the way through the regular season. Yeah this this conference is nuts because like West Virginia's twentieth overall team on Ken Palm yeah. <laughs> moved up to nineteen yeah. after yeah. losing. It's just insane. It's it's just insane. We're at the bottom of the league. I can't. Like, it was weird playing, and I know Kentucky's down, but like the way the Big Twelve pretty much just dominated. The SEC and just the way things just felt easier against Kentucky. Offense flowed better. I, I, it was just wild that playing the SEC was like a nice little break, a nice little treat in the middle of conference play to go play little old Kentucky to get ourselves back on track. Like the Big 12 is crazy and it's going to be. <laughs> yes, AP. I, I just want you to read your tweet from Saturday night about self and Calipari. Oh. Yeah, let me go. I that think that crazy. needs to hit people's eardrums because that was one of the most insane things I've ever read in my life. 
it's so funny, dude. Like, uh, all right, this is great radio, but uh, all Mm -hmm. right, so here we go. When Calipari, when John Calipari got hired at Kentucky, so that was what 2009 2010 season, Mm -hmm. they held an 18 game lead on KU in the all time wins category, which for two programs like KU and Kentucky, that's a big lead. Teams that are going to win a lot of games, they're going to be close since then. John Calipari has been to four Final Fours. He won a natty. He coached – I didn't even tweet this part. He coached a 37-win team. Mm -hmm. Uh, He won 78% of his games. Yet, in that time, Kansas has gone from 18 wins behind to seven wins ahead. Like, John Calipari has had a Hall of Fame career at Kentucky – and has lost 25 games in the all-time wins race against Bill Self. And that's not John Calipari's fault. That's Bill Self being absolutely absurd, the most consistent coach, I think, maybe, like, I'm getting out of control, but, like, is Bill Self consistency-wise maybe one of the best of all time, like top three of all time? I'm not kidding. I think he's won everywhere. Like, just consistency. Doesn't mean go win natties, but just consistently he's good every year. Like, he doesn't have a down yeah. year like you just, see with just, even Roy had them. Just reading Coach the K seat lines them. every year at KU. Yeah. Blue so Bloods are it, missing the tournament every once in a while. I thought you were going yes. way more drastic with that. I thought you were going to say, like, in all of sports, which I no, think I might no. have agreed with, too. But, like, honestly. Yeah. He's just as crazy. Like, it – I saw like Kentucky fans responding to that tweet, like being like, yeah, Calipari's got to go. Like that wasn't even a shot at John Calipari. Like, like I said, four final fours, a national title, 78% of your wins. If he only coached at Kentucky and put up those numbers, he would be a hall of famer. And it's managed to not be even close to good enough to maintain the lead against KU. So it just kind of goes into what I've also said. Like, I think this 2003 to 2000. 23 maybe or even 2027 20, however you want 2028 20, call it 25 years of kansas basketball i truly don't think we will ever top what we will see from 03 to say bill self leaves in 2028 it may be the greatest ku basketball is ever it would have in the be. history like it's, I mean, it's the it's the especially only especially if he gets another title outside of the the 1920s ones um I mean, it's the only 25-year stretch they got two titles, right? Yeah, Unless I'm just true, not right? mathing right. Like, yeah. And then they were they struggled a little bit. I mean, I don't know how much. I don't, I'm not going to act like I'm a 1960s KU basketball historian right now, but like, I don't think they were as elite every single. They they'd go to a Final Four well, every few years, every five, you know, whatever. But just so nobody makes fun of us, from 1988 to 2008, that's 20 years, and we won two titles. So you can kind of just pick. Yeah. Your 25-year stretch. Sure. 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 I see what you're saying. So, I don't know. That was a random – my brain started flying into places as we were bringing up that Calipari tweet. But it was just – it's crazy. To think of where we are at right now, just confidence level in our coach, our program, and to think where Kentucky is, feels good. It feels really good. I can't imagine wanting Bill Self fired, and those people truly want Calipari fired. So mm-hmm. it's good. It's, it's good. 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 All right. Uh, anything else, boys? Oh, just basketball hoops. Basketball hoops. I'm going to start every show with that now. 
Welcome back. Um, <laughs> big 12 is a monster. We got two big ones coming up, boys. In Ames Saturday, we win that game. Everyone's feeling it. Monday night against another top 10 team in Texas or whatever they're ranked now. It feels like the whole Big 12 is ranked, but that Fieldhouse is going to be juiced Monday night regardless, win or lose in Ames. But, man, if we could win these next two, I'm feeling elite. Eight and three in the league. I mean, I we're going to. Three different games against top 15 teams in a six-day span, seven-day span? Yeah. What a joke. Yeah. And we, I feel like we were, we're just coming off a stretch that we were talking like, holy shit, this is a crazy stretch. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like I read that five-game stretch and COU and Oklahoma State on it. I'm like, oh, thank God, but they're road games. Nice little break. Yeah. 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 When we're talking about breaks in the schedule being road games at Kentucky and at bubble teams <laughs> in conference, uh, one of yeah. which your head coach, Oklahoma State, royally, thinks they royally fucked him over. Or yeah. he royally fucked them over. Sorry. Like, yeah. it's it's just insane. Uh, one yeah. last thing. I don't want to get super deep into it. Just everyone chill out with your ESPN plus complaints. Like it's not that big of a deal. It's five bucks a month and you get Jay Billis still. So <laughs> that was nice. They did. I, I didn't watch at home, Good but pass. I was happy for the home viewers. Oh, nice pass. Look at that pass. All right. That is it for the show. Shout out Jay Billis. Shout out the Hawks. Big week ahead. Um, and we'll Chiefies. be back next, next week to, to recap it. That's it. Rock chalk. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform KC Sports Network. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.